Galatians 5, verse 25 and verse 26. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Verse 26. Let us not be what? Desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Spirit of the living God, do what you've always done. You have not left me alone, not one day. And as I carry what you have given, you're all with me even the more. And Father, as we approach these last few days, that we're now on this path to the time that you set called Pentecost. Help us, God, God, to manifest glory and not vain glory. So we give you all the honor and all the praise. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Let me give you the definition of uh, vain glory. Uh, vain glory is empty glory or pride. Empty glory or pride. Empty glory or pride. Um, because God has promised us so much and because God is doing so much uh, in the midst of us, we have to be protective against vain glory. We have to be protective against pride. As I look back over the years, I never had a problem with my leaders until they got money. I never had a problem. Pastors, think about it. You never have a problem with any of your parishioners until they start prospering. Because when they start prospering, they start depending on something other than the word that you taught them to cause them to prosper. So they enter into what is considered vain glory. So you got to be careful when you start prospering off of the seed of the word that was preached from the house, thinking now that you done it. It is the seed of the word that produces in your life. So if you start thinking that you've done it, then there's an emptiness and it's a result of pride. Never let prosperity bring pride into your life. Don't never let advancement bring pride into your life. And this is only a precaution because what you have is about to triple. And if you can't handle it now, if you're vain now, how much more vain you're going to be after you get triple? God's got to be able to trust you. He's got to be able to trust you. You can't, you can't lose it just because you're better off uh, the days after than you were the days before. So vain glory is an empty glory. The real authentic glory is, is still here. Glory is on my life because I ain't gone crazy. I'm still submissive. I'll still listen. I can still be corrected. I get corrected. Y'all just don't hear it. So I want to go into, into a little bit of more, more of this. But I want to, for the sake of time, I want to drop down. We're in Galatians 5, verse uh, 25 and 26. But I want to go into verse 26. It's in the Message Bible. And if you ever read your Message Bible, it doesn't just go. It doesn't have a listing of Scripture by Scripture. But what it does, it, it'll list uh, maybe a Scripture well, four or five scriptures, and that it doesn't have one to show you where you are. So I'm going to show you where it is. I'm going to start reading where it is in verse 26. Is that okay? Okay. That means this is uh, out of verse 6 out of the King James, but I'm reading verse 26 out of Galatians chapter 5. I'm reading verse 26 out of the Message Bible. That means we, 
will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us are better or another worst. We have, listen to this, we have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. Just stay with me, stay with me here. The only time you're competing is when you don't know you are an original. Vainglory is to compare yourself with your brother and sister. That is vainglory. For me to compare refresh with another church is vainglory. You, you, you will never find another refresh like this refresh because I'm here on a consistent basis. So it's going to have a certain flavor because I am an original. You understand what I'm saying? I am not interested in competing and comparing with other people because that's vain. I have more interesting things to do. So I spend my time and my efforts becoming a better Stephen A. Davis because I don't have time to try to be someone that I can never have their DNA nor their fingerprint. So why would I spend all my time to be something and cheapen myself? If you're not the original, you are a cheap copy. That's vain. God created you to be an original. Why are you trying to sound like, look like? That's why I am is so important. Because you're the one. And most people think pride is when, it's, it's when you say, I am the one. When you say, I am the one, you're saying, I am original. God created you as an original, so you're not vain. The one who's trying to be like you is vain. So I feel like vain glory has infiltrated the church. It was always in the world, but it has infiltrated the church. And there's a difference between someone who is mentoring you. You should see the flavor of whoever mentored you, but you shouldn't see the person. You should see the flavor. You, you should be able to look at an individual who had a mentor and you can detect that they were touched or mentored by that person, but they shouldn't be that person. Every generation needs an original. Okay. Um, you know, I hadn't gotten to where I want to spend my money on red bottoms yet. Apostle Acklin has. I just, I just hadn't gotten there yet. I just hadn't. And I'm not going to wear no cheap red bottoms. I, I just, I just hadn't. I'm just joking with you. But I, I just, you know, I just hadn't gotten there yet. Okay. So, so if it's not going to be the original, I don't want it. I'm not, I'm not wearing those that if I scuff one time, they black bottoms. You understand what I'm, you understand what I'm saying? Well, God did not create you to be vain because he didn't want you to be cheap. 
I need you to stay with me because see, Jesus had to address those who were comparing themselves with others. And once you start comparing yourself to see, or we use the terminology, sizing people up. And see, that can be a generational thing that we've been doing. You know, when they look you up and down, they're, they're comparing. They are comparing. You know, what are they looking at? They're comparing. They're comparing. And that's vain glory. It's empty. It produces nothing. It goes nowhere. It has no sustainability to it. In the book of uh, Luke chapter 18, I want to talk about this, this, this Pharisee who represents a religious person in church who has vain thinking. His thinking is vain. And you heard me mention pride on Sunday. When I mention pride on Sunday, the, the ability to properly discern the things around you is not with a vain person. It's not with a prideful person. You don't know your surroundings if you're prideful. So in verse 9, it reads this way. Y'all still with me? And this is talking about Jesus. Also, he, Jesus, spoke this parable to, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, a church person. And another, a tax collector, they considered tax collectors sinners because they didn't tax people correctly. They took more than they were supposed to take. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, more than once a month. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted Jesus gives this parable to help us now we can calculate and when we start calculating we can get into vainglory which is which is pride well let me let me just help you well, I've been serving in this church ever since we started. Who's calculating? Do they know how much tithe I give? Don't I get a chance to determine what color the carpet's going to be? See, we start, when we start thinking vain like that, it's vain glory. Your tithes are to open up heaven for you. You understand? No amount of time being connected to ministry gives you an upper hand on anyone. No amount of time being born again makes you better. 
You understand what? Because when you start thinking like that, you're already in a vain place, an empty place that receives nothing from the Lord. I think sometimes when God wants to get things to us, he can't get them to us because of our vain glory. We're looking at all these things that we feel like we've done, that we feel like qualifies us, and then we got somebody standing next to us like Caleb Inman just beating on his chest. See, I think the church has missed it altogether. I think they've missed it altogether. And it's my job to wake the church up. You missed it altogether. You're looking at this long list of things that you've done. And God said, it don't even matter. So you didn't even get my attention while you were going through your list. You want to know who got my attention? That sinner over there beating on his chest. I don't even deserve to be standing here, but I'm here. And I believe we get frustrated with God because we have calculated and said, now, God, you owe us. I deserve, it makes me cringe when I see on social media, and I'm not talking about anybody, but when you tell a person, you deserve that. And a good thing, I'm like, they don't deserve it. God just giving it to them. None of, none of us deserves the goodness of God. That's vain to think that you deserve it, but you have the faith that says, I may not deserve it, but I'm going to get it anyway. And then we, we structured and, and what we'll do, and I've been thinking about it and even talking about it, we'll raise up a few more ministers uh, uh, pretty soon, but I've been thinking about it. Uh, some people have been in this church for a long time and never had a title and been faithful every service and never had a title, but they have never become vain. And we have to be careful about that kind of stuff because that's the kind of thing that turns God off. Because if you want to turn God on, you standing right next to somebody that thinks they deserve to be there and you're demonstrating a heart for God, a humility. And God said, that's the one I'm going to raise up. You want to know how I qualified? I was like one that was beating on my chest. And I guarantee you, uh, Bernice will tell you, I ain't had no bad rap in my neighborhood, but I had a revelation of what condition I was in. So when you hear me say I was a sinner, I wasn't the type of sinner that you think type of sinner, but I was a sinner because I wasn't saved by grace yet. So it doesn't make me any better than somebody who was doing something crazy. Everybody in the neighborhood thought I was a good guy, didn't they? They just didn't know. But one sin and another sin is no different. It's all sin. There's no difference between a good sinner and a bad sinner. So when you, when you, you know, now I've been serving in church now and I, I don't smoke and I don't do what I used to do and, but you become vain. And vainness is worse than what you call sin and you categorize as sin.
So what God is trying to get to us is authentic glory, not vain glory. If you can see where you deserve it, it's vain. If you can see, if you can calculate where you deserve it, it's vain. It's empty. It's inflated. If it ever gets close to a needle, it's going to deflate. If trouble ever comes, it's going to run out of air. And we wonder why all these people, they're shouting and they're jumping, then something happens and all the air goes out. Because it's fame. You got to have the real stuff. Didn't this pandemic teach you that you can't have vainglory glory and make it through a pandemic? I have three things here I'm going to walk you through. The reason I'm still here, uh, today is the day that I pressed a button in email and four years ago, all hell broke loose in my life. Today, June 1st, I pressed a button, expressed my dislikes concerning the way I was handled. And by the next day, all hell was breaking loose. I was getting called from South Africa by Saturday. All of my brothers were gone. I'm walking through my house trying to find a friend other than my wife and kids. So this day is an anniversary day for me. I survived. <laughs> I survived. International scrutiny. For being a good man, I survived. I am four years in remission. <laughs> so don't tell me you can't make it. Don't tell me you can't overcome the criticism. Don't tell me if you're not vain. You have glory on your life. You can overcome whatever it is. Don't get the cheap stuff. Don't get the stuff that you feel like you earned. Get the stuff that you know you don't deserve, but God put it on you anyway. I'm not going to do much more. I'm not going to do much more. But what's, what's happening is, is so huge. And the thing about it, when, when it's vain, you hate. But when it's real, you still love the one who tried to destroy you. You do. You do. You still love him. You still love him. Man, I, I, we, we got this therapist that, that we contracted with. And, uh, I brought that up in one of the sessions. She said, how do you feel? I said, I miss him. That's a good sign that it's not vain glory because I miss them. She looks at me like I'm amazed. And she starts taking notes from me. I'm like, wait a minute. You're here to help me to balance things out. You're here to help my staff to balance things out. She said, but I'm, I'm learning from you. She said, the things that you're overcoming, what kind of man are you? I'm not a vain man. 
I don't feel like my enemies owe me. They don't owe me an apology. Only vain people say their enemy, those who mistreated you, owe you something. You owe God an apology. You don't owe me anything. I'm not vain. He forgave me and I know he'll forgive you too. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not, I'm not afraid of anything taking me out because I'm not vain. I have to be vain and empty for something outside of me to destroy me. Because you can't prick me and destroy me. The more you try to prick me, the more I accelerate and elevate. Why? Because I'm not vain. Every prick brings more glory to it. What's on us? What's on this church? What's on you? It's greater than anything that can come against your life. It is too late now. The best that the enemy had has already been tried against you. He can only replicate what he's already done. He can't come up with anything new. Every season it'll be an old trick, but you're in a new day. So I'm not, I'm not comparing myself. And I asked her a question. Well, we were talking and I, I said to her, this was yesterday. She comes every Tuesday. Um, I said, I'm concerned when people um, think I'm something different than what I am. Um, I'm concerned when they see me as a person who doesn't have humility, who doesn't have integrity, who doesn't care about people. I said, I'm concerned about that. She said, let me help you. She said, you don't have to be concerned about what they think if they, you haven't given them a right to think like that. She said, relieve yourself. She said, if they think like that, they have an internal problem. She said, it's very evident when I sit here with you what you are. In other words... If you have glory on your life, stop letting vain people dictate your attitude towards yourself. You got more interesting things to do than to wonder what they thinking. That, she, she doesn't know she liberated me, Bishop. Yesterday, sitting in my conference room, she liberated me with those simple words. The only reason they think negative about you and you're in the most positive time of your life is because they're empty. If they were fooled, they wouldn't think like that. If they were fooled, they would not let those thoughts continue to run through their heads without any evidence. And that has been the problem in the church. We've allowed vain glory to come in church. And we let, we're sitting there in this idle place in our minds and letting all these thoughts run through our heads. And it's because of vainness. If you feel your heads, you give no room to the devil. She said, she said, I can see this because she speaks with my wife. She speaks with my daughter. And she speaks to my entire staff. 
She said, there is no one, including your family, that has not demonstrated something outside of exuberance towards people. Listen, in the house of God, when you've got true authenticity, don't be vain. This didn't go the way I planned. But what is my plan? My plan is his plan. If he changed it, I said, yes, Lord. She said to me, she said, I met with all your staff. And she said, all of them see you as a father. This is a psychologist. She don't claim you claim Christianity. What she said, they all see you as a protector. They all see you as a provider. This is what she's saying to me. She didn't point any one of them out, but she says the constant is they all see you as a father. See, people in professions like that, they're responsible for making sure your thoughts are not vain. Making sure you're not rehearsing something that doesn't exist. Make sure you're not living in a day that's past. And those days of vainness are over. It's glory days now. It's glory time now. What's on me is sent to liberate you. It's sent to benefit you. It's sent to advance you. But if you're vain in your thinking, you'll live in nothing while something is all around you. I'm getting ready to close. This is not a Baptist closing. It's one closing. Over the last months, and I've been busy, I'm always busy, but I'm not vain, so I'm sensitive. I um, was sitting on a Wednesday, and an individual came across my heart really strong. I'm studying. I'm focused when I'm studying. And I pick up my phone, and I text him, and I said, I'm praying for you. They just respond back, thank you. So I'm in a conversation with them last week. And in that conversation, they said to me, I thought my wife, it was a male, I thought my wife had told you what was going on with me. And we were having a conversation trying to figure out how did you know to text when you did. So I text on the 11th. They had surgery on the 10th. Didn't tell anybody. And that was the worst week of their life, most painful time of their life. But I sensed, even though I'm not with them, they're not attending service, every service, I don't see them all the time, but I knew there was something. So I responded 
to what I sensed and it was right on time. I'll take it a step further because it's, it's becoming more and more precise and more and more precision. I don't question whether or not I'm preaching the right word. I know without being vain, I am preaching the right word. Sunday was the right word. Tonight is the right word. A sister who's in the church tonight, my wife had told her that I would, I would call her the next day. And uh, it wasn't early in the day uh, when I was able to call. And then I am in my car and all of a sudden I feel like you need to call now. I call now and I could hear in the background that it wasn't a peaceful environment. When they pick up the phone and I could hear the frustration and the anxiety and they don't need that right now. But the timing was right. And so what I done, I said, listen. You don't need to be in that level of anxiety and discomfort. I said, listen to my voice. And I talked her back into a place where glory can start to finish its work. Because some of y'all in places where glory can't work. And all that, all that confusion going on around you is to distort your thinking so that your miracle will be postponed. I talked them down. I could feel the peace. I could feel the rest. I said, tell your husband to take care of that situation and tell him I said so. And I don't have to wonder if they've done it or not. I know they've done it. And that's why they're here tonight. Because what the devil had planned was to never let the strength be there to attend another worship service. Now stay with me. Stay with me. I'm the only Stephen A. Davis. Okay. <laughs> okay. I do what I do. So many times, and you said, well, you know, I've had rough times and, and uh, I didn't hear from you. They were rough times in your mind, but they weren't rough times in God's mind. Because if they were rough times in God's mind, I would have got an email or a text message. Some of y'all have been privileged to get a 3 a.m. text from me. <laughs> but the other morning, I woke up and all of a sudden, a person came on my mind. I got out of the bed, went into the restroom, and I started texting. And I sent it. I got the response back maybe about 7.30. They said, I have been crying all day over this that I'm having to process through. I said, it's okay. God's going to get you through it. And he wouldn't have woke me up at 3 a.m. To send you a message. See, this is what you don't understand about God. People sleep, but God doesn't. And if he can get some of he, those who belong to him to wake up. He can get some messages to some people. Now, I pastor thousands of people. I pastor thousands of people. I got a lot on the agenda for this mom. But I love people. And God does too. 
And if your situation ever gets bad enough that I either have your contact information or know how to reach you on social media, I know how to find you. Listen. What God is doing in the church is making sure that there are no excuses because when glory comes, there's no way you can suffer privately. I texted and I said, we are called to cover you for this time. Nothing wrong with being in trouble. Something's wrong with being in trouble and not thinking you have help. That's a bad place to be. Glory has hit the house. And those of you who are not vain, you are not alone. I'm trying to hold this because I don't even know what all is going to happen. But if everything happens correctly, if I'm able to pay, purchase the property of AME Zion, because that's what I'm working on, then there's going to be a room dedicated to Pastor Carton Roden. If, if, if it all goes through. Now, this ain't refresh. This is Direct Connect Stephen A. Davis stuff, okay? It ain't got nothing to do with us. I got my money. Church got his money. <laughs> but the Lord told me, while I've been standing here, and I was trying to hold it until the 19th, because I may know by the 19th. But if it goes well, the church where he has all the history he will have, I'm thinking it's going to be that, that uh, classroom that they never renovated. As you come in the building to the left, y'all know exactly where it is. That whole entire area will be dedicated to him. Because Bradford wouldn't have been Bradford without a Pastor Carton Road. <laughs> it's so huge what's going on now in the restoration of the plan of God, the will of God, and the things of God, that you can't be in a church like this and think vain. You got to know down within yourself, God is ready to be good to me. Only reason he brought you around, the only reason you ever heard from me is God is ready to be good to you. Don't let vain thinking cancel out, empty thinking cancel out the goodness of God that he wants to show you. Is there any left of the house of Saul? Is there any left that has a DNA that God wants to be good to? David was only expressing what God was feeling. There is an expression of God. If he can find the right agents and right people, there is an expression of God 
for the pain and the suffering and the losses. There is an expression of God being released in the earth. And I have to try back the vultures. I don't have a problem with you, but I do have a problem with the dirty birds that come to eat meat that's not dead. If I represent nothing else to you, I represent that God wants to be good to you. Even if you haven't been good, God wants to be good. So if you turn streaming on and you walked into this church and you didn't know, now you know. That God wants to be good to you and the only one that can stop it is you. And the way you think and the way you approach things. But if you approach things right, just like I could talk that woman that's like five years past her expiration date, talk her back to life. I didn't pray, Tim. I talked. Don't miss your moment. Don't be like this, this, Pharisee in a season like this. No is your time. No is the time that God wants to be good to you in spite of, in spite of all this happened. A lot of stuff has gone on. I don't understand all this stuff that's going on in church. I don't understand what happened to me, but it's over. I'll never be able to understand, but it's over. When the glory of God moves on, you move with it. You move past every dark day in your life. You move past every turbulent time in your life. Don't you stay back there. You move on. Let God heal you as you go. But you move on. You say yes to God and watch God renovate your soul. Deliver you from every hate and every ghost that tries to haunt you in your private time. I decree and I declare over your life. That you will not be haunted by things that no one knows anything about but you. You will not be haunted by mistakes. Glory will rest on your life. You will not be haunted by bad decisions. It's over. Your decisions are clean now. God's ready to move now. Glory's on your life. Nothing can stop. Nothing can stop the direct deposit that God is bringing into your life right now. You can't cancel God because he holds the schedule. And you have a scheduled blessing. You have a scheduled anointing coming to your life. You have a scheduled lifting. You have a scheduled promotion. you challenged, I close with this. If you challenged, you wondering if it's, your, if it's your time, I want you to just think, who did you just meet that represents your future? 
God will never send someone that represents your future if he was going to let your past enemies get the advantage of you. Every new relationship is a prophecy that God's promises are still yes and amen regardless of what you have experienced. I have to go. My time is up. It's time for you to see. God didn't make no mistake. God knew what he was doing. God don't go back on his promises. Don't you start thinking vain now. I said, don't you start thinking vain now. You think he brought you around to leave you in that condition? No. He's got something on his mind. You read, Tim, your favorite verse of scripture, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Read it over and over and over again. His plans are greater than any plans you can have for yourself and your family. And his plans are sure to come to pass. If you're ever in the Birmingham area, we'd love to see you. Stop by because everyone is welcome at Refresh Family Church. It's full of friendly people, a warm atmosphere, and a powerful word. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. or our empowerment service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're located at 117 12th Court Northwest in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll see you soon at Refresh. Want to find out more about Apostle Stephen A. Davis? Well, log on because StephenADavis.org is now live. That's right. Log on to StephenADavis.org now and you can find out all about him. Watch live broadcasts and get all the information you need at StephenADavis.org. Available on all platforms. Log on today. Refresh Family Church. As we worship together, remember our five goals. Serving the needs of families. Reaching the lost. Equipping the saints. Reaching the nations. And transferring to generations. At Refresh Family Church, we're more than just a church. We're a nation. To find out more, log on to StephenADavis.org. We'll see you next time.